TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Welcome in Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. It's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host. Former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunnett on X at C929. Connor, how's it going? Doing great. Good to hear. Good to hear. Got your plans all figured out. You're going to be at a couple of separate places tomorrow? I will be, but tonight I make my triumphant return to Celtic. Oh, is that right? General knowledge trivia, 7 o'clock. I'm back home so at Celtic. So do you have a little bit of a Thanksgiving like special? A couple of questions. Mm, they go that direction. Those no, are questions for Kevin. General knowledge. That, that's a question for the the trivia king, Kevin. So Cerrito. does he just hand you? Yes. The script. Okay. <laughs> You're a good script reader. I'm a great script reader, and I and I select very good music. And you bring the energy. And I bring the energy. You bring the. That's what I do here about the people now, that, that frequent your. I am uh, a bit worried about hosting bar trivia. trivia the night before Thanksgiving. I may have made a mistake. I, I might die tonight. You but I'm be, excited. We might get an careful. update. It's been over a month since we've gotten an update. Okay, yes, that that'll on be the nice. love story uh, that went down at Celtic. See, but this might have to be a. We may have to put this on the artist formerly known as Twitter on X because people have been asking about updates and we still don't have an update. We're not going to be able to give you an update until Monday on this show because we're going to be out Thursday and Friday. We'll have a lot to talk about come Monday. Yes, we will. Battle for Atlantis Feast Week. How do the Tigers fare? Football and basketball. Grizzlies, we get to see them against the uh, Rockets after Dylan Brooks talks his trash. That's that's beautiful. And that is part of the reason we only have a two-and-a-half-hour show today uh, on the way courtesy uh, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. Um, we're going to be out a little bit early for Grizz at Rockets. Of course, pregame will be at 6.30 and tip will be at 7. Um, as far as the show is concerned today, we're going to open on overreaction and not an overreaction right after I tell you where I was right. I don't pat myself on the back a lot but uh, when I get the chance, sometimes I, I like to. And that Marquette-Kansas game, I ne- didn't necessarily think Marquette would run away with it the way they did, but it went about exactly how I thought it would for the most part. Why Marquette had the advantage against the number one team 
in the country. A uh, trip around the NFL has moved to 4.30 today because we do have to fit in some picks for your weekend. We, I do it for you. I do it for the people out there so we can get you some uh, money winnings for the weekend. Um, but that'll be at 4.30. As far as guests are concerned, we're going to be loaded all in a row. Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock. Jeff Calkins show on the Daily Memphian. Uh, 5.30, it'll be Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Um, usually on Thursday, but we're off Thursday, so we have to give you picks a day early, and it's a good thing because we have Thanksgiving Day games, we have Egg Bowl, we have a lot of things that we could cover with him. And then 6 o'clock, Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas. We'll talk some SEC, some college football, some college football playoff rankings. Speaking of the college football playoff rankings, before I go any further, um, this is the day that I always promise every year that I'm going to freak out about college football playoff rankings. I don't really have crazy freakouts. Similar freakouts to what I've had before. Oregon over Texas and Alabama still makes absolutely no sense. Alabama has very good wins. They've done really good against the top 25 teams in the country, whereas Oregon does not have marquee wins by any stretch of the imagination. They haven't been able to. Now, they could add to it this weekend. They're going to deal with Oregon State. We're on rivalry week. We get all that. Um, They could add to it. But it still makes no sense why Oregon's getting the preferential treatment. Um, Another thing that I just don't understand you're not going to like what I have to say here, uh, Connor, or all you Vol fans out there. Why the hell is Tennessee ranked? There's no reason for them to be ranked 21st in the country right now in the college football playoff rankings. It's absolutely foolish. It makes no sense. They're 7-4, and four, and they've looked like trash the last two weeks against good competition. They've gotten slaughtered. Hadn't been close. You thought it'd be a little closer against Mizzou? No, 36-7. Then you deal with Georgia, 38-10. They're not one of the elite in college football this year. Quite frankly, I expected that for the most part. I didn't think Joe Milton would be on that type of level on that type of time. I didn't think losing Jalen Hyatt was like some small thing. Uh, You know, they lost some guys on the defensive side. I knew they'd take a step back. I don't think they're a terrible team, but they're not one of the top 25 teams in the college football playoff rankings. They shouldn't be. Because I can make probably a better case for Utah. And I don't think Utah should be ranked in the top 25 at this current moment. And then the final thing, and I'm not sure I'm as angry about this as others are, but it does look bad. The week after Jordan Travis gets hurt for Florida State to drop out of the rankings because um, they played North Alabama and won 58-13. Now, granted, Washington did play Oregon State and win that game on the road. That's an impressive win. But at the same time, it just doesn't look all that good at this current current juncture. Now, I will say this. For anybody out there who thinks that Florida State should not get in because of a quarterback injury, if they do win their final game of the year against Florida and then beat Louisville in the ACC championship game, I think you're foolish. I think you're fooling yourselves. I don't think Boo Corrigan, who is the chairman right now, basically – Um, the committee chair, if he steps up there and has to explain it and use reasoning as to why a 13-0 Florida State team by the end of this whole thing is left out of the college football playoff, out of the top four, I don't think any reasoning will will do good enough. But I do think there is a a slight possibility, Connor. Somebody put this out there. ESPN College Football put this out there. The amount of chaos we could see is kind of ridiculous. Now, I don't expect all of it to end up this way, but it is very possible. Michigan at 13-0, winning the Big Ten Championship, of course they're in. Florida State winning the ACC Championship at 13-0, I think they should be in. Alabama winning the SEC Championship being 12-1, leaving Georgia at 12-1. Oregon going 12-1, leaving uh, uh, Washington 12-1, and they win the Pac-12 Championship. Oregon 
Texas 12 and 1 winning the Big 12 championship, you'd have five teams with either zero or one loss with their their conference championship in order, and then Georgia at 12 and 1, Washington at 12 and 1, Ohio State at 11 and 1 right there on the outside. Who gets in, who gets out? I have no earthly idea. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm kind of rooting for it. I don't think it'll all happen, but I think some of it could happen. And we could be in a very, very weird spot. Now, where I was right last night, before we get into uh, overreaction and not an overreaction, where I was right on college basketball, I talked about it with my big game last night. It had to do with the uh, Maui Invitational and, uh, you know, or the earlier game, you know, Tennessee and Purdue. Purdue got over top of, of Tennessee, 71-67. Zach Eadie's a freak. I mean, he's absolutely – John Ralstein put this out there, and I think it's pretty true. It rings pretty true. He called him the Yao Ming of college basketball. It really is that way. Slow, lumbering, barreling, you know, not all that athletic, but he is 7'4", and he's physical as hell. And you just have to deal with him for a full 40 minutes. It's uncomfortable. He had 23 and 10. He is, he's looking like he could be a player of the year candidate yet again. It's, it's unbelievable. Now, Kansas versus Marquette, that's where I was right. I told you yesterday, Kansas is not all that. They're the number one team in the country, and they have Bill Self, and they have Hunter Dickinson, and they brought in some transfers. I get all that, and they, have a good, they had a good recruiting class, whole thing. At the end of the day, they're playing ball differently. They're not playing the type of ball that lends itself to winning in postseason basketball. I still think that this team, even though they lost 73-59 to Marquette, will win some regular season games. You have Hunter Dickinson. He's a double-double machine. He can make things happen. He can assert his will, assert his dominance at times. But what did I say? I said that in the end of the day, Kansas's guards, Kansas's backcourt doesn't have enough firepower. And that showed true yesterday. DeWan Harris, four points, 0 for 3 from 3. Kevin McCuller was great, but he had six turnovers. He had 24 points, six turnovers, and he was only 2 for 4 from 3. El Marco Jackson, who's supposed to be their freshman-type guy, freshman All-American-type guy, no points, 0 for 4 from the field in 21 minutes. And then they're looking for someone off the bench, and you look at Nick Timberlake, the transfer from Towson, where the, where the Tigers were involved, Memphis Tigers were involved. Nick Timberlake, he's supposed to be this dead-eye shooter, He's shooting 26% from three so far this year. And they have a guy named Johnny Furphy from down under. He's from, he's from Melbourne. He's from Australia. He's got to come along. It doesn't seem like he's a guy that's going to be uh, someone you can rely upon consistently. They don't have enough in the backcourt. And what wins when you get into the tournament consistently and always? Playmaking guys in the backcourt. Guys who can make things happen. Guards. That's what wins. In college basketball, when you get to postseason play, and Kansas doesn't have that. On the other side, though, Marquette has that. They have that. Now, their two main guys, Tyler Kolick and Cam Jones, just weren't all that great last night. They did provide some help. Tyler Kolick, 6'4 four, and 4, 6 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. I don't think you can look at his stat line, though, and really see the full picture because he did have five steals and he was all over the place defensively and made a lot of things happen for his team as a facilitator. But then you just look at outside of that. Um, Stevie Mitchell, one of their starting guards, was solid. Off the bench, Chase Ross was phenomenal. Uh, the little slippery guy, Sean Jones, who's like five foot ten, he looked phenomenal. But I saw that game going a certain way, and it went that way, and it, it, and it went drastically in that direction. That Kansas team, as much as people are going to put stock in them consistently every single year, they're not ready to win at a championship level. They're going to have to have someone come along and make something happen. 
They thought it would be Nick Timberlake, and he has not shown that he has the ability to do that at this point in the year. Um, but that tournament is really phenomenal, though. Maui Invitational, that, I mean, you had two top ten matchups last night uh, and, a, and a top five matchup. That's, that's, that's beautiful in general. But the battle for Atlantis is underway. Uh, do want to mention that Tigers are set to tip off here in about six minutes. 419 is a starting time because Texas Tech and Villanova went a little bit long. Uh, the two finals so far today, North Carolina got over top of Northern Iowa, no surprise there. And then Villanova over top of Texas Tech, that is that. But um, because we're about to get into some Tigers basketball, talk about Michigan, talk about this battle for Atlanta Strip, let's go ahead and get into overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to All right, Memphis versus Michigan gets started, like you said, in about six minutes. They'll have a chance to move on and play the winner of Arkansas and Stanford. Other possible opponents include Villanova, North Carolina, Texas Tech. So my question to you, the Tigers will play well enough to be ranked by this time next week. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Uh, Not an overreaction. I, I fully, fully expect this team to win a couple of games in this tournament against quality opponents and be ranked next week because I think other people will start to fall down the rankings. You'll have a couple of teams in the top 25 that will fall out. I thought they should have been ranked this week, quite frankly, with everything that happened. You had UC Irvine beat USC. You had uh, uh, other things that I mean, uh, the fact that Michigan State has two losses, one's to James, Ma- James Madison. They're ranked ahead of James Madison, and they're still in the top 25. Like You have a lot of things that I thought should have gotten Memphis in there this week, but I, let's start with this Michigan game. Tigers are one and a half point favorites. I really like my chances with the Tigers getting up and down against this Michigan team. This Michigan team is not as deep as they they have been, I guess, under Jawan Howard. And I like the fact that Penny Hardaway is returning to the sideline while Phil Martelli is going to be on the sideline for Michigan, and Jawan Howard won't be on the sideline. That could affect the game pretty substantially. I think the Tigers will have. Uh, a, a different energy about them now that Penny Hardaway's on the sideline, sort of coaching them up, leading them through timeouts, doing all that type of thing. Um, but Michigan's an interesting, interesting matchup in the fact that they are a good shooting team. Shoot about 38, 39% from three, 52% from the floor. But the Tigers, this year, as, year, as opposed to years past, they have things to, you know, match that. And, and I think that when you talk about defending Michigan, they'll be able to do that. But uh, so far this year, the Tigers are shooting 40% from three, guys. 40% from three. When, I mean, when under Penny Hardaway can you, have, can you say that? When have we been able to say that? Never. You have a lot of guys who can kill you from outside. You have a lot of shot makers, shot takers, uh, guys that can create their own shot, um, one through five. I really like my, my chances with that starting lineup that he ran out against Alabama State dealing with this Michigan team. And when you look at Michigan, the head of the snake, quite frankly, is Doug McDaniel. He is a really good guard, and I give him a lot of credit. He's been fantastic, 21 points per game. But he's 5'11", 185. I feel like that'll be a, tr- that'll be a troubled matchup for a guy like that. This, this Tiger team, we talk about the offensive prowess all we want, but we saw what they can be defensively in that second half against Mizzou. And especially against small guards. They're lengthy. They can make you uncomfortable. They got a lot of experience. They're good with their help defense for the most part, when, especially when they're locked in and they have that intensity about them. I really think that if you stop Doug McDaniel, which I don't think is going to be the hardest thing in the world because of his height and, and the, the restrictions he may have on his game, I think this Tiger team can roll. But then after that, 
I, I just look at how talented this team can be from 1 to 10. And, and quite frankly, outside of North Carolina, I think they outpace every team in this tournament. I, I, I truthfully believe that. North Carolina's done a good job of putting that, that roster together. Harrison Ingram had a hell of a day today against Northern Iowa. He's a transfer from Stanford. Uh, they had a good recruiting class as well, brought in some guys. Um, but in the end of the day, I think, quite frankly, right now, they outpace Arkansas 1 to 10. I think they outpace Michigan 1 to 10. Unless this Tiger team makes a ridiculous amount of mistakes game to game. I feel like they're going to get into a bunch of win-now, win, win winnable situations. And I think the biggest concern I have, it's not about pecking order on the offensive end. It's not about locking in when, when the time is, uh, when, when you're asked to on the defensive end. It's more about the leadership, right? You're now on a neutral court. You're playing against teams that have a little bit more talent than what you've seen the first three games. You're going to get hit in the mouth sometimes. You're going to face some adversity. These teams are going to go on runs on you. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. Penny Hardaway's on the sideline for the first time this year. I don't know how rusty he is with his in-game decision-making. Someone's going to have to step up on that team, and you got to create a hierarchy or a pecking order from a leadership standpoint. That's what I want to see from this trip. Who can step up? Who can show that they are going to be the guy who rallies the troops when times get hard? That's my one concern, but I think Javon Quinterly's shown that he's able to do that, and I think a guy like David Jones is able to do that. But again, this is a team that hasn't played with each other. They're not fully used to each other, but they have shown us through three games that we shouldn't be that concerned about how well they mesh. Yeah, totally agree with everything that you said. Michigan is a team that is very good offensively, but they have some holes defensively that you can exploit, especially if you're a Memphis Tigers team built the way that they are. They have a dynamic big man on the offensive end. They've got a very good guard, but they have the defensive ability and versatility to help kind of offset that. So to be quite honest tonight, I say it before every single Tigers game, and I think it's because it's it's true. If you take care of the basketball and you don't give Michigan's offense extra opportunities, I think you're going to be in a position to really prove something during this game. I got some good news for Tigers fans. It just got announced. Quinterly, Mills, Jones, Brown, Walton. That's the starting yeah, five. That's... It's the five that all of us think needs to be the starting five. So It started last game. I'm happy to see it. To all the folks that tell, told everybody that you shouldn't be talking about starting lineups when this team's 2-0 and and went on the road and won by 15 against um, Mizzou. Do all the folks that complained at us for talking about starting lineups and entering them in the lineup, do they get to be quiet now? <laughs> do they have to be quiet now? I think they do. Because, quite frankly, it was always supposed to be that way. You put your best guys out there. We saw what those guys were able to do offensively and defensively in stretches of basketball against an SEC opponent on the road in a sold-out crowd. Those are the guys that need to be on the floor a majority of the time. Yep. But it just tipped off. Game just, just tipped, tipped off. off. Just tipped off. Tigers weren't able to score on their first possession. Some good defense by Michigan, but hopefully they can get something done here. But moving on. Grizzlies at Rockets. Dylan Brooks is talking spicy. They're in the same division. This has the makings of a great rivalry. Overreaction, <laughs> not an overreaction. Now, this is, this is the only thing that gives me like pause as I wonder what the Rockets will be. But they're 6-6. Six and six. They've won six straight at some points. They've only put together streaks. They lost three straight. They won six straight. They lost three straight. They're coming into this game having lost three straight. I'm going to say not an overreaction, though, because I think both these teams are fighting for play-in spots this year, and it very well could end up where they're in the play-in playing each other, whether it's the 8-9 game or the 7-10 game or anything after that. 
And quite frankly, based on what Dylan Brooks has already said and how spicy he will continue to talk and the history that the Grizzlies have with him, you know that it's going to be a back-and-forth bloodbath at times. And you know that Dylan Brooks may get Desmond Bain up out of his character. He may get Jaron out of his character a little bit. There could be some back-and-forth technicals in these games that they played during the regular season. And, and quite frankly, if they get into the play-in and play each other, that would be fun as hell. But I think this is one of the more entertaining matchups of the early season that I can remember for the Memphis Grizzlies, especially considering like all the injuries and everything else and how bad it's been. I am so damn interested. I'm, I, quite frankly, I'm not even really worried about win or loss tonight. I just want to see the extracurriculars. I want to see how they act around Dylan Brooks, how Dylan Brooks acts around them. Does he put up 25 shots because he wants to prove that he's an offensive player and that's ultimately why the Grizzlies moved off of him? Uh, not just because of his antics, because of his efficiency on the offensive end. Does he try to uh, show that he's the you know a LeBron-style scorer? Like I am, I'm more interested in that than the win win loss. But I do think this has all of the makings. You're you're in the same division. You get to play each other a lot. You're both fighting for playing spots. Considering how the early season has gone, this could be a hell of a rivalry by the end of the year. Well, you also yeah, you have the connection with DB in Memphis, and and you know all the all the trash talk that's happened. You also have two young cores, you know, that could be around. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. For a while. So, you know, I, I don't disagree. It has the ingredients. It has all of the ingredients there. So if a, a fire gets sparked, maybe it turns into something. Tonight from Dylan. I would be shocked if this isn't a you know a hot take. It, I would be shocked if he didn't walk away with at least one technical tonight. I would be surprised if one Grizzly doesn't walk away yep. with a technical tonight. The the best case scenario though is is DB or uh, Bain puts you know, or I guess the new DB DB yeah. squared yeah. puts puts thirty five on him. Yeah, that would, I want to see that. That would be phenomenal. It would yes. be fantastic. And, you know, what I think is that the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies players seem to have a great attitude about everything that Dylan has said. They're they're laughing that's, it off. That's they, what I was they saying. That's what I've been that hearing. They understand that, you know, that's what makes Dylan Dylan. And that is, you know, 
It makes him who he is, but it's also the reason he's not on the Grizzlies anymore. And I think they also view it as, you know, he's also doing a bit of a bit. It's going to be entertaining. To be quite honest, when the Grizzlies basketball hasn't been great, having having a, a game that has this extra storyline around it, it makes it a little bit more enjoyable to watch. And it's a winnable game. It's a very winnable game for the Grizzlies. They can exploit the Rockets. They got the players to do it. They've been able to stabilize a little bit here, and to be quite honest, it's important. You need a win tonight. You have a chance to go 2-2 two and two over this next four-game stretch. It would be huge if you can go 2-2 two and because two, you've got a couple really tough games coming up. I can't wait to see it, but I, I agree with you. I think it has the makings now, of a rivalry. I, I, I do wonder about a rivalry extending outside of this season because I wonder what the staying power of this Rockets team That's would be. That's fair. Uh, but I, I, I think based off the early season so far and – the, the effect Dylan Brooks has had on them defensively and offensively. Uh, Fred Van Vliet there. They have some young guys. Like, I've been very impressed with Alperin Shangoon. I think that they'll be at you least— You mean the next Jokic? Yeah, I guess so. But I, I think that they can be a serviceable team going into the future. And I'm not saying, like, some, you know, top six seed by any stretch of the imagination, but they can be in the play-in picture consistently. But we'll we'll see how it all ages. But I am excited for tonight, man. Yeah. But it is kind of funny that, like— for most people that are around the Grizzlies that I've talked to, it's just sort of like the everybody's laughing at all. Well, because not, they don't also care like, what at did all. you think he was going to say? Yeah, they don't. <laughs> it seems like they don't really care about Dylan's antics and what he's saying. No, about he's the not Grizzlies their problem anymore. He's not their problem anymore. But it's, it's, it's different when it's you actually play him on the floor and he's sure. saying the same things, yeah. and you're down in the game and you're frustrated. Things could definitely escalate. Now it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this. Like if we if we did a top five of of guys that will get into it tonight, Dylan Brooks is in the top five. Like he's. The full top in the five. NBA the, or, no, no, or in, in this game, game tonight. No, I mean, he's, 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 he's one top five. Yeah. And then you'd sort yeah, of fill in whatever DB, Grizzly. D.Brooks. <laughs> yes. But then you fill in Grizzlies in that top five of who's going to get into it tonight. But Dylan Dude, Brooks is the rocket. Wild card. That will make it happen. Santi. Santi. Wow. Ooh, okay. Santi. Santi's got well, some fire. And I also say, listen, I love Santi. But Santi, when he gets sort of roughed up a little bit, if you get a switch with Dylan Brooks, he starts roughing him up and pushing him around. I could see where Santi would get a little bit peeved. You you want to know the most fun one though? Would be Gilliard. <laughs> <laughs> that would be five foot eight Jacob Gilliard standing amazing. up to six foot seven Dylan Brooks. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. I'll, I'll give great. you that. That'd be great. All right, moving on. Uh, Dave Clawson, the head coach for Wake Forest, had some uh, choice words about Sam Hartman. Here's how what he had to say. Reality, and there's no point in complaining about it. Um, you know, we saw it last week in South Bend, right? I mean, it's, you know, here's a guy that we recruited and we developed, and, you know, they're putting a video on him saying, we will always love you. And I'm like, <laughs> you only dated him for a couple of months. It can't be love. <laughs> We're the ones that love him. We had five years with him. You rented him for a season. So, <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, they, they, they bought him and rented him for a year, and now they love him. So that's, uh, you know, that, that, when that video played, it's just like, holy cow, this is where college football is. So, so my question to you is, Dave Clawson has the right to feel the way he feels about Sam Hartman's senior night. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Overreaction so heavily. <laughs> now, I will always stand in the corner of a coach who says, well, we developed that guy, and he got taken away, and they just sort of say it in passing, right? I've heard Brian Silverfield say those things, uh, you know, about Caden Prescorn, and other guys that have gone on to greener pastures that they think are greener pastures, right? So I'm never going to fault someone for feeling the way they feel about that in general, like the fact that they can get 
get guys that they handpick, that they develop, taken away from them because other guys will bid higher. But it did kind of strike me. He said, I'm not going to complain. Then he proceeds to complain about Notre Dame showing Sam Hartman love on his damn senior night. Well, you're not the only person that can love Sam Hartman. And for you to say, well, no, Notre Dame doesn't love Sam Hartman. I've seen a lot of love from the Notre Dame side of Sam Hartman. I've seen a lot of people show love. And and honestly, I don't have to look any further than the seven-figure check he got this offseason to go to Notre Dame. You don't give someone $1.1 million if you don't love their game, love who they are, and you don't love the fact or love the thought of them being on your team. So that's where he lost me. You can love him all you want, Dave. I don't doubt that you love Sam Hartman by any stretch of imagination, but that does not rule out the fact that Notre Dame can love on him as well. He, He decided to go there. He clearly felt the love. Like, I I just, I don't get his sentiment there. That's what frustrates me about the whole thing. It's not that, oh, we developed this guy and he got taken away from us. We're frustrated. You can feel frustrated. But you cannot throw shade at someone who on their senior night, you know, because he got stolen, you feel a type of way that they said, we love you. We love, of course, we're going to show love on his senior night. It's just strange. It's just strange for Dave Clawson to take that type of approach. Right, and I, I, I don't really, I don't, I didn't really like that from him. Seemed in, in sort he of bitter. Jealous. He seems very bitter, jealous. jealous. Whatever you know, adjective you want to throw out. You want to talk about ex girlfriend? Yeah, that's what it, it. It seemed like the ex who was upset that he is happy and in a new relationship and being, you know, taken care of. <laughs> now I will give, I'll give him credit. Like at the end of the whole conversation, there he did say, "I, I don't blame Sam for the whole thing," which is fine. But don't sell Notre Dame that they can't love on the kid. They gave the guy one point. His NIL valuation is $1.1 million. He made seven figures going to Notre Dame. They showed him plenty of love. I don't care if it was for a year or for two years or for three years or for half a season. I don't give a damn. If they're willing to throw that at him and they love the thought of him being on the team and when he's on the team they give him what he wants, he's a starting quarterback, they've shown enough love. It's just... We are in a time in college football where there's a lot of coaches who have to come to grips with the fact that some of their best players may play at two schools. And you can be part of two schools. It's no longer like, I, you know, when they do like intros on uh, Sunday night football where they, you know, Gabe Kuhn, University of Memphis. It could be both at this point. And they may pick one. They may like one more over the other. But at the same time, we have a lot of good players that have been at multiple colleges. Okay, you just have to accept that. And Notre Dame is allowed to show love to freaking Sam Hartman on a senior night. And they're allowed to say that they have loved him for the year that he's been there. And they can say that they appreciate it because I think it's been a good year for them and a good year for Sam Hartman ultimately. So Dave Clawson, get over yourself. That's all I have to say. Now, we're live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios. And Service Master is fantastic because they're your local responder. We're getting into the winter weather months, so make sure if you have frozen pipes, bursted pipes, the whole nine yards, call them. Call them. I'll give you their number in just a bit. But Service Master by Cornerstone is the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius. They're also the best at what they do. They've been awarded Service Master's Franchise of the Year Award, meaning they're the number one Service Master Restore franchise in the United States of America. I talked about the frozen pipes, but it could be storm damage. It could be, you know, a, a, a toilet overflows. 
Uh, it could be a fire and you have smoke damage. It could be just mold remediation. Any of these things, AOU, call service master by Cornerstone. They take pride in responding no matter the place, no matter the size. It could be a school, office building, residential property. It could be your home. They are here to help you. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and his team will be there at these moments. Their motto is, we don't pray for disaster. We just pray we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. Now that number, I, I mentioned that word respond. That's an active word because their number is that, 901-RESPOND. 901-R-E-S-P-O-N-D, 901-RESPOND for Service Master by Cornerstone. Now we're about to get here to the under uh, 16 timeout in the Michigan versus Memphis game in the battle for Atlantis. It is 6-6. to Tigers have the ball at this particular moment. We'll continue to give you updates on that game. But in the meantime, we have to go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time to take a trip around the National Football League right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We have a Thanksgiving Day game picking special if you will, of a trip around the NFL brought to you by Longshot. Now, we start with the Packers at the Lions at 11.30 a.m. tomorrow, an interdivisional matchup. Lions are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and take the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I don't think it's really going to be close, quite frankly. The Packers are coming off a nice win against the Chargers, but they were able to get over top against the Chargers because the Chargers' defense, quite frankly, sucks. It's awful. Now, the Lions are not that bad defensively, but here's where I think the Lions win the game. The Packers are 28th in rush defense, rush yards allowed per game. When you look at the Lions, you could go David Montgomery, you could go Jameer Gibbs. You have that great offensive line, probably a top-five offensive line in the NFL. And the Packers are right in the middle of the pack at passing defense. We know Jared Goff can take advantage with Amon Ross, St. Brown, some of those guys on the outside. If you can't stop the run, though, with the Lions – Lions can cruise the wins. That's just the truth of the matter. And the Lions are seven and a half point favorites. I think they went out right, and I think they cover that seven and a half. I know that's a big line, generally speaking, in the NFL. But again, the Packers are not a good run defense, and that is going to make them uncomfortable. If the Lions can stay ahead of the change, chains consistently, keep the ball on the ground, limit you know uh, opportunities for turnovers where the Packers can take advantage and be timely, the Lions can cruise to a win. And quite frankly... We just have to give it up, tip the cap to the Lions, because they have made, for the first time in a long, long, long time, they have made their Thanksgiving Day game fun because they're 8-2. and Because how many conversations have we had over the years, Connor, of why are the Lions playing on Thanksgiving? I was always of the opinion, even when they were bad, like, give them something. The Detroit Lions, they were freaking bags over their heads. They don't have fun, right? It's real cold by the end of the year. They, you know, they lose hope pretty easily. I always thought that they should have something, but they certainly should have it this year. And uh, I'm happy for the Lions, happy for Dan Campbell. And where are we at? This is I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there, Connor. Where are we at on them in their playoff aspirations? Where do we think they can get in the NFC? I really ask that question because you're dealing with 49ers, you're dealing with the Cowboys, you're dealing with the Eagles. I don't think they're that far off. I think they're a little ways off, though, to being able to go compete for a Super Bowl. I think they're right underneath 
you know, they're in that next tier. Like if the Eagles are up here, they're right underneath them. I think. I actually, I think that they're they're probably tied with the Cowboys in my mind about the the NFC team that could jump and if that could jump the Eagles at the end of the day. Yeah, the problem I have is. I want to outside of the Chiefs opening day when they didn't have Travis Kelsey, the two best teams on their schedule. Everybody would, no one would argue with this. They were at the Ravens and they played at home against the Seahawks. Those are the two best teams on their schedule. Those are also their only two losses. So they've shown when they get into these battles against good opponents, like playoff opponents, Super Bowl potential opponents, playoff potential opponents, they show that they kind of fall short. And they're a little bit uncomfortable. And and that 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 Ravens game really did kind of show me a little bit something. Maybe you're a little too far off. Thirty-eight yeah. to six. That was ugly. They're built for playoff football, though. They like, are. They, they got do... the offensive line. They can run the and ball. Can, yeah. I think the with it. If I'm really just putting my sort of one reason, I think they would fall short in these playoff conversations against good teams. Defense has improved. I don't want to take anything away from Aaron Glenn and Aiden Hutchinson and what they brought in. You brought in Cam Sutton. You brought in. Chauncey Gardner, John, like you brought in all these different guys. You've had some injuries, but also I just don't think they're quite there defensively. They're just not as good as you want them to be. But offensively, they do everything you want a Super Bowl-type team to do. You have a good premier wide receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown. You have a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over at a high rate. You have an offensive line who can pave the way for two separate running backs. One's Thunder. And David Montgomery, one is Lightning and Jameer Gibbs. You have you have Sam Laporta, really good tight end who can catch passes and go block for you. You have what you want on the offensive end. Defense needs to show me a little bit more, a little bit more. The talents there, they just have to get over the top, and I don't I don't think that's why done I that think they're year. in the second tier. Yeah, but but they you know second that's tier dark with, horse, the dark horse tier, if you will. Yeah, kinda. but there's a road to tier one. Yes, there is a road to tier one. I'll give you that. Now. The other game, 3.30, the second game. 3.30, we have the Cowboys versus the Commanders. Commanders are coming off, quite frankly, one of the more embarrassing losses of the year, uh, losing to the Giants 31-19 and letting uh, Tommy Danny DeVito just go off on them. 18 for 26, 246 yards, three TDs, no INTs. Now, it's a big line. Cowboys are at home, though, 12-point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and take the Dallas Cowboys. Come on, I can't, I can't take anything else. I, I just can't. Sam Howell leads the league in interceptions and interception-worthy throws. He just throws. He, he relies on that arm. To, and I don't think he's had a bad year. I just don't think he's had a particularly good year. He was a fifth-round pick, so you don't expect too much from him. But he just tries to sling it all over the yard, and he turns the ball over a lot. And if you look at the Dallas Cowboys defense, not only the, the big stat that's been going around is Deron Bland set the record for pick sixes in a year for um, but if you look at – you just break down the sort of advanced analytics, and I know I'm not a big analytics guy, but I'm going to bring this up because I think it, it does bode really well for the Cowboys' defense in this game with the commanders slinging it all over the yard and throwing a lot of picks. The Cowboys lead the league in interception percentage per, oppo- uh, per opponent dropback, 3.91%. So they – when the opponent drops back, they get a pick on 3.91% of his throws or of, of, of his drop back. So that does not bode well for Sam Howell. Deron Bland may get to extend his his record for, for pick sixes in this game. I just think that the Dallas Cowboys defense is going to be timely. We saw this commander's defense get absolutely torn up by Tommy Danny DeVito last week. And I think Dak can do the same thing. I think they'll run the ball really well. This commander's team is just not it. CD might have 500 yards of receiving. 
I, maybe. It's, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. Um, but I, I just, I don't think it's going to be even remotely close. And at home on Thanksgiving, I think I, I like the Cowboys consistently, regardless of who they're playing. 12 points is a lot of points. It's a lot of points, especially for the NFL. We it's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. I could absolutely see this being a 17 to 21 point game. Where the, where the commanders, they're out of it by halftime. It is a prime nap game. You know, after, but also after I, eating nap. I don't, yes, for sure. And like you know where I'm at also on lines like this, Connor? When I see a line like this, it's like I want to take, like. It wants you to take Washington. Yeah. It the, wants you Vegas to. Vegas says, hey, they're commanders aren't going to lose by that much. Come on, take they're this 12. They're not that bad. Take these, take these 12 points. No. Make sure that you, uh. Make sure that you take the Cowboys minus the 12. I think it'll be a bloodbath. And then the final game will be on NBC. And this is a really good matchup. Interdivisional, 49ers have taken back over the lead in the NFC West. But they're on the road against the Seahawks, who have been sort of struggling a little bit of late. They're seven-point favorites. May surprise you with this one, but my pick is... The Seattle Seahawks. I think the 49ers have been trending in the right direction, and I think they're riding high. Um, they beat the Jaguars two weeks ago, 34-3. You beat the Buccaneers last week, 27-14. Something tells me, though, we're going to get a real Geno Smith at some point. Don't know what that's going to look like. Um, he's likely to play tomorrow. I think they can run the ball relatively well. Uh, no Talano Hufanga now. Gone with the ACL. That means a lot for the back end of their defense. He is a helper. He attaches to every single receiver that you're scared of. And quite frankly, with the Seahawks, you should be scared of a lot of receivers. You should be scared of a lot of receivers. They have a lot of them out there. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they, they can make things happen that way. Um, so I think the biggest thing, though, why I like the Seahawks in this spot, to win, weirdly enough, I think, and to cover, I like 49ers after riding high, going into that environment at Lumen Field in Seattle. We know how hard it is to play there. The 12th man, 12th fan, whatever the hell you want to call it. I think it is going to be a really tough environment for the 49ers to get out with a win. And let's be honest, the Seahawks know how big this, this game is for their chances to go get over top in the NFC West and get a preferred seed come playoff time. They need to make something happen. And uh, Brock Purdy's riding high as well. He had a 333-yard game last week with three TDs, a lot of threes. Um, but this this 40, I mean, this uh, Seahawks secondary, I think, can do some things to bother him, throw him, throw him into a, a disarray at least a little bit. And I, I do think, um, as much as I like Kyle Shanahan, I think Kyle Shanahan is the better coach ultimately. Pete Carroll, though, at home, he can make you uncomfortable. I think he's going to get a good game plan together. Weirdly enough, I think the Seahawks definitely cover, but I think they win this game at home against the San Francisco 49ers. The Los Angeles Rams. Now, this is the final thing. This has nothing to do with Thanksgiving Day games, but we talked about it yesterday, and it's a former teammate of mine. It looked like he was getting waved, and he wasn't going to be a part of the Rams because of Kyron Williams. He was coming back off of IR. But Daryl Henderson Jr. signed back up, picked back up. That's good to see he's on the practice squad. I've always wondered, though, Connor, why can't why is he not landing on any other teams? Why didn't it seems like no other teams really try to go get him? I, I, there's got to be something going on. 
Is there something behind the scenes that we, we're not privy to? Could it be the idea that he's just he's built more for a McVay offense because he's such a pass-catching running back? He's not even really a pass-catching running back. No, I wouldn't. I would say he, he is. He can catch a <laughs> I few. I would say he absolutely is. He can catch a few, but like mostly with the Rams, you like especially in the past, you've seen him between the tackles trying to do that type of thing. I don't know. Maybe I, I think the rest of the NFL – and I don't view him this way. I still think he's got something you could unlock. I think most of the NFL sort of views him as that blah, meh, running back. And the Rams know that he's been in the system and he understands the system. That's why. I mean, he's better than Alexander Madison. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, I don't know why, though. It's just, it's strange. Because he was highly thought of coming out of Memphis, going into the NFL draft. And it's it's crazy to think, like, how bad Tony Pollard has sort of lapped everybody else in the in the premier running back category. And he didn't even run the damn ball that much here. He was, he was a slot wide receiver a lot of the time. He split his time at slot and went outside and got some outside zone carries, but he didn't get that many. And I guess that, that sort of goes back to the conversation we've always had in college when you take some of those hits off yourself from those in-between-the-tackles runs. Does it help you ultimately on the back end when you get into the NFL? I think there is that conversation. It does kind of loom large in that Tony Pollard conversation. But I uh, I find it strange that Daryl Henderson Jr. can consistently get picked back up by the Rams, but no other team seems to, seems to go for it. And I think he's had workouts elsewhere, but... Hey, and if somebody needs some uh, running back help before the end of the season, needs somebody that can take a couple of carries, they could sign him off the Rams practice squad, but that's never happened either. So we'll see. But I'm glad that he is still on the Rams practice squad. Now, this year, FanDuel's got something you'll really be thankful for because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins at all. That is, that is very simple. $5 can win you $150 if your team wins. It could be a long favorite. It could be a short favorite. You could take an underdog. I wouldn't suggest that, but you could. With so many games going on, Thanksgiving is the perfect time to join, though. So visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe K. That's my promo code, G-A-B-E-K. Again, G-A-B-E-K. And fill up your plate with parlays and player props all weekend long. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and 92.9 ESPN. You must be 21 plus and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Now the Tigers and Michigan are facing off right this second. We're about done. We're getting close to the the. The end of the uh, first half, about 5.52 left. And the Tigers are up 24 to 19. Looks like Jordan Brown got into a little early foul trouble. Yeah. Malcolm Danish had to come in very Ashton quickly. Hardaway, man. Three for three, two for two from three, eight points leading the charge right now. The weirdest thing is, is that Michigan, they're basically playing one dude on the offensive end right now. Burnett has uh, 11 of their points, 11 of the 19 points so far. So Tigers forcing turnovers, though. Uh, so far, looking good. Yeah. Hit some threes. They've, they've, they've missed a couple bunnies. They're not shooting well on the offensive end, but they're playing hard Ashton Hardaway, leading, sc- leading scorer right now. Knocking them down. <laughs> that's pretty. That's You love to see it. Did you, did you bet on that one? I don't, think, I don't think we bet on that one. I didn't, but I love to see it. Yes. And then Doug McDaniel. What did I say about that? And, I, and maybe he could turn it around. 5'11 uh, guard for them. He's the head of the snake. 5'11 point guard. He's had 21 points per game so far 
zero points, 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 2. Malco's playing three. really good defense. But also that comes down, like, with a guy like Doug McDaniel at 5'11", it's just that length and that athleticism and that experience can all come in to bother you. When you have a big backcourt that you're playing, you can get in the pick and roll. You're always going to have a large defender on you that can move their feet. Yeah. So Tigers got to start it's been making trouble. the easy ones, and if they do that, they should be able to win this game because the defense is playing great. But five oh six and counting down twenty four to nineteen, Tigers just force another turnover too. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Now we'll go ahead and uh, get to a break when we come back. Jeff Calkins will join the show while the Tiger game's going on. We'll talk about that among other things. Ninety two nine FM ESPN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 